0: Selling with authenticity, it's building that relationship. It's about the value. It's because you want to make that impact.
1: It can make you happy. I others around you. Welcome us.
0: to the Selling from the Heart Podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host Daryl, Amy here today with Larry Levine. What's uh, going on, Larry? Oh, it's another great day in the Selling from the Heart community. I
2: am super pumped up for this podcast. Darryl.
1: All right, we're gonna have a blast today. You're gonna get fired up, motivated. <laughs> Uh, all the great adjectives. You can just put them in there. It's going to be <laughs> it's gonna be incredible. Um, I can't wait for you to meet our friend Antarctic Mike. It's going to be phenomenal. As we get started, though, I just want to say a huge shout out to everybody here as we're wrapping up the year. Happy holidays uh, to everybody. Just what a great time of year. This has been a, a challenging year for uh, many people in the sales profession. We've been figuring things out. But you know what, Larry? I think the people in the Selling from the Heart community, I've just been so impressed with the grit, the determination, the resiliency, all things we're going to talk about today, by the way. But the things that I see in the Selling from the Heart community are just phenomenal. They're inspirational. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. No, I always say it's doing the heart work, Daryl, how do you like that one? <laughs> They're all yeah. doing the heart work. It's true though. I mean it's the, it, it is the it's the internal work, the heart work. it's happening. Um, and if you're one of those people that's out there going, man, are there other people out there like me, I want to let you know you're not alone. There is a community of authentic sales people. Uh, it's formed around selling from the heart. And if you want to check it out, you can come join us. It'd be a great thing to do in the new year. Join uh, the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group and find a community of like-hearted sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value, all the, ca- all the characteristics of Selling from the Heart. No empty suits in that group, Larry. No, no, none whatsoever. You know, the best part about this,
2: Daryl, is, you know, we get together every Friday. It's at noon uh, Eastern time. And we mastermind things out. We group coach things out. People are held accountable. They hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. And then we have what we call up close and personals, where we bring thought leaders into the group for what we call up close and personals, where they tell their backstories and they they share some ideas and they educate them. It's a great hour, well spent. Highly encourage you checking it out.
1: Check it out. Sellingfromtheheart.net/slash/insiders. Love for you to join us in the new year. And uh, the conversation we've got today, Larry, is, especially at the end of this year, as we're getting ready to kick off a new year, I can't think of anyone better to coach us today. So why don't you introduce our friend, Antarctic Mike, and let's dive Uh, in. Where do I start? I think Antarctic Mike Pierce and I, we connected
2: on social. And um, I just had a conversation, I did a little research on Mike, and my gosh, I mean, Actually, I think after this, we're probably going to want to run through a brick wall because this guy this guy, and his grit and determination, and we're going, to, we're going to bring this to the forefront. I just can't wait to dive into this Antarctic mic. Welcome to Selling from the Heart.
0: Well, thanks, guys. It's an honor to be here and bring some stories to your listeners that will hopefully um, inspire them to be better. I have I have no doubt.
1: (laughs) It's gonna be a blast. And Mike, you know the question (laughs) though, because there's that one question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers. And that is Mike, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart?
0: Um I'll answer that question with the story, if that's okay. Yeah. Please do. Okay, so I was in Dallas, Texas, all of last week. I had five speaking engagements in four days. And uh, and then I spent some time with some folks from Canada that run a really successful company in Dallas. And then I was scheduled to fly from Dallas to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where I'm coming to you from today. And so I fly Delta a lot. And so I'm switching planes in Atlanta and I'm now on the plane in Atlanta, you know, ready to come to Harrisburg. And I take my seat and I'm like in row 20 seat A or whatever it was. Okay, so I sit down and a lady sits next to me. And her name is Marissa. And we just start talking. Are you traveling for work or for business? You know, the standard conversation. I'm traveling for work. Oh, what do you do? I'm a salesperson. Oh, great. What do you sell? Well, I'm in the profession of office interiors. Oh, cool. I get interrupted by a flight attendant. The flight attendant says, oh, are you Mike Pierce? I said, yeah. She goes, would you like to sit in seat 1A? You've been upgraded. And I looked at her and I said, listen, I'm, I'm very thankful for the upgrade, but why don't you give it to somebody who's never sat in first class? I'm going to talk to Marissa. So I just got into this conversation with Marissa and it turns out she just started this job about six months ago. And I said, Oh, you, you, your sales territory is where in, in the central Pennsylvania area. Yeah. That's where a head company's headquartered. Okay, great. You live there, right? No, I live in Portland, Oregon. Oh my gosh. Oh, so <laughs> help me understand how that one works. Right. She goes, well, my boss, who's a co-owner of the company, his name is Mike, and he knows me really well because we used to work together at Steelcase in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So he trusts me. Oh, okay. What's the name of your company? So I look this guy up, right? I, I pull the phone out and I look this guy up and I look his company up. And then I said to Marissa, I said, watch this. And I, and I <laughs> sent an, an in-mail, right? A direct message right to this guy, his, her, the owner of the company. And I said, hi, Mike, I know you don't know me. I'm sitting on an airplane next to some lady who's claiming to be an office interior guru. I said, personally, I think she's a fraud, LOL. Right. (laughs) I literally said that. Right. And so, and so the guy sends me a reply right back and he said, we're really lucky to have Marissa. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's cool. And then he says to me, what are you doing tomorrow night? Meaning last night. And I'm like, I don't know. What do you have in mind? I mean, is Aerosmith coming to town and you have backstage (laughs) passes? You know, what's the story, right? He he goes, how would you like to come to our sales dinner? We have 10 spots available, and I think we only have nine people. We have an extra spot. And I'm like, wow, the guy's inviting a total stranger on the plane to us. I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll come to the party. Okay, cool. (laughs) So I, I I get off the plane, and now I'm going and I'm driving in the rental car to go to my hotel. And I get a text message from a lady named Claudia Williams. Claudia is the host for the meeting where I'm speaking on Thursday morning here in Harrisburg this week. And her message says this, I understand your plane just landed and you're sitting next to Marissa. I'm like, are they watching me? Like, (laughs) like, I called Claudia immediately. I said, "Were you sitting behind me and I just missed you? Like, how did you know this, right? She goes, Mike sent me a text message Antarctic Mike is sitting next to Marissa. And I'm like, well, how do you know this character, Mike? He's going to be in the meeting Thursday where you're speaking. In, <laughs> in fact, he's the host. You're going to be speaking at his office. I'm like, man, the world just <laughs> got about that big, right? That's
2: and awesome. I thought to my
0: and I thought to myself, you know what? Job number one of a salesperson, the original question was selling from the heart. It's just about meeting people but the caveat is on a favorable basis, yeah. right? It's about oh. meeting people, just meet people. I took an interest in this lady, Marissa, and then I had fun with her boss. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna put some kind of a joke message to the guy. I'm gonna reach out to the guy saying, yeah, this lady's an imposter, right? I mean, of course I was kidding and he knew it. I mean, that just have fun. I didn't engage in any of these these relationships to have anything to do with what I do for a living, nothing to do with what I do for a living, Right. Just simply take an interest in people, just for the sake of taking an interest in them. That's really what selling from the heart to me is all about.
2: Oh, Daryl, I thought I've heard it all until I heard that story. (laughs) That's a great story, Mike. We we have so. I mean, I think you know, over the years, we've heard a lot of great things when it comes to what's it mean to sell from the heart. That story is classic because the first word that comes to mind is intentional.
0: It's intentional, but here's the caveat, and I wrote this down. You know, sales is simply this. And I wrote down in this paper, listen, simply to understand, ask good questions and write things down so you don't forget them. And then I wrote this down. Look for opportunities to help people that has nothing to do with what you sell. Mm-hmm. See, the caveat is take an interest in these people with no strings, yep. attached, zero strings, no attachment to anything that you sell any kind of quota that you're responsible for or a mortgage payment that you have, no strings attached to anything that you want or need. That's the caveat. And that's hard for salespeople to divorce themselves from that because then the pushback I'll hear is, well, I got responsibilities. I got a spouse and I got kids. I'm not saying your responsibilities aren't something to take lightly. I didn't say you don't have to make your quota. I didn't say you don't have to make a living. The irony is, the less you try, the more you get.
2: Oh, so good. I mean, really,
0: just take an interest in people. And you know what? They're going to open up. You don't know who you're sitting next to on the plane. You don't know who the recipient is on the other side of that message. I was taking a walk earlier today before I called you guys. And there's a bunch of, um, outside this hotel here, there's like a bunch of office complexes and buildings and signs. And I just noticed three different companies that I didn't know who they were. And I sent a direct message to the CEOs of each of these three companies said, Hi, my name is Mike, and I'm staying here at a hotel across the street from your office. And I was just curious what this company does. And I ran across you. And if you'd like to come and hear me speak on Thursday morning, you can come and be my guest. I think you'd find some things valuable to help you do a better job. And that's all it was. No attachment to anything. I have nothing to sell. I have nothing to... If the guy wants to come, he wants to come. And sometimes people take me up on that. People are like, oh, hey, good timing. and I meet these people and they come.
1: And that's what we were talking about the last episode. You know, if you look at a sales interaction, there's really only three possible outcomes, right? One, they need what you've got right away. Number two, they need what you got down the road. But the most common outcome is they don't need what you have. But at that point, you have the opportunity to leave that interaction with the most precious commodity in sales, which is trust, by taking yeah. a genuine interest, by providing uh, connection, referral, help, any, you know, just how can I help? And I think this, um, you know, what you're talking about here is so core because every sales rep that might bristle and go, hey, I get that, Mike, that's all a nice story and everything, but I got to quota I ahead I don't have time for that. Um, right. Every one of those reps would say, wow, if I had more trust with my clients and prospects, that would revolutionize my income (laughs) and my ability to succeed. Well, where does trust come from? Trust comes from interactions just like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Interactions with no agenda, interactions with curiosity and humility. So I absolutely love what you're sharing.
0: Because you don't know, I get emails and phone calls. I had one recently. I'm trying to think who it was from. I I ended up, in a speaking engagement somewhere. And the, and I'm like, okay, listen, I'm flattered that, you know, you called me, but how did you hear about me? I heard you, I met you eight years ago. You probably don't even remember, you know, that kind of, I, I get this all the time. So these little these little patterns of activity, you know, these little, hey, I'm sitting next to this lady on the airplane, you know, that kind of stuff and walking past their office and saying, hey, I just thought about you, you know, all those things. They're just little touches. Where are they going to go? I don't know. To your point, Daryl, they may pay off today. They may pay off in a week, in a month, in a year, in 10 years, they may never pay off. It doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter because if you touch enough people in the circle of influence where you live, you're going to get enough of what you need.
2: Uh, Daryl, it's why I'm a firm believer that if you want to have a full sales funnel, you need to build a full relationship funnel. It's exactly what Mike's been sharing. Hey, but As we dive in, and I know our listeners are just going to go, where the heck does Antarctic Mike, right? What is this, right? You're introducing is this guy as Antarctic Mike, right?
0: What <laughs> is sounds this? sounds like well, a cartoon on Saturday
2: that, morning. Okay, you said it, I didn't. That'd be a great
1: superhero. <laughs> I like that, it. That will be, but you know, this this has been a year full of <laughs> oh my gosh. I was going to say faster than a speeding bullet, but it'd be like colder than a... <laughs> right? Antarctic
0: Mike da, 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 uh,
1: superhero. That's good. What's the backstory? Yeah, you you got to unpack. You got to unpack. You have to
0: unpack. OK, um, I became an Antarctic history fan in 2001 when a random visit to a bookstore changed my whole life. I I, I went to a bookstore in I was on a business trip in Bakersfield, California. Oh, poor I'm lo- thing. I'm, I'm so, so sorry. On one second. And yeah, I, I know. And it's <laughs> funny because I'll, so I'll, I'll say to the audience, I'll say. And by the way, for those of you who've never been to Bakersfield, Don't worry, you're going to be just fine. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm in Bakersfield. I literally see this photograph on the cover of a business book called Shackleton's Way. And I'm like, what on earth does this have to do with anything in the real world today? So I started thumbing through the book. And basically, it was the story of how Ernest Shackleton led 27 people into the Antarctic in 1914. And they became stranded for two years. Now, the moral of the story is they all, well, first of all, they all came home alive. And so the real bulk of the story was how does one guy, the leader, inspire 27 other people to keep moving forward, no matter what, through conditions like this? Hmm. And that was really, that was the, I was looking for the answer to that question. And so I read the book and it was very enlightening. And I read another one and another one and I went so bananas with it that I ended up following my heroes to Antarctica in 2006 when I ran um, both a marathon and an ultra marathon on an ice shelf 600 miles from the South Pole. But the, the, the second part of the answer to the question, where did the name Antarctic Mike come from? This was kind of funny because this is a lesson for your, your salespeople. <laughs> so um, I, I ended up, um, it, it, the answer is it came accidentally on purpose um when i accidentally on purpose ended up on a sales talk radio program based in san diego what happened was i i had won a gift certificate to a sports bar this was just prior to my 40th birthday this was in um, early march of 2005 and so i won this gift certificate to the sports bar so my wife and i were like hey let's go to the sports bar we have 50 bucks to spend for my birthday so we go down there it's two days before my 40th birthday and apparently there was going to be a guy at the sports bar making a guest appearance. His name was Billy Ray Smith. He is a co-host of a very famous radio show in San Diego on a radio station called The Mighty 1090. It was a very popular AM morning talk show for sports. And so I go down to the sports bar and I meet this guy, Billy Ray Smith. And I start talking to him and I'm telling him about Antarctica. I had already committed to the Antarctic Ice Marathon. And I said, and he says, hey, this is a really interesting story. I'd love to hear more about it. So he hands me a business card and he says, call me on Monday morning. I'm like, okay, cool. So I call him on Monday. Now I have no idea. The phone number on the business card is the on air number. I didn't know <laughs> this. Call- I just thought I was calling a guy like his, his landline phone in his office, right? So I call. I call this phone number thinking I'm gonna call his desk and a call screener answers the phone. I'm sorry, they're not taking phone calls. They're on the air right now, and they're off-site at a charity golf tournament. And I'm thinking, I got to get past this lady. And so I said to her, you don't understand. I just met Billy Ray two days ago at the sports bar, and I and I said, I'm holding his business card. He asked me to call him on Monday. He's expecting my call right now. And she said, I'm sorry, <laughs> sir. They're not taking phone calls. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get past this lady? So I said to her. Tell him it's Antarctic Mike. He'll take the call. I literally just said that in the moment, right? So she goes, all right, hold on a second. So she types this into the, I guess, into the board. And I guess the guys have a board and they can see, you know, who's on hold or whatnot. So his partner, a guy named Scott Kaplan, they're on, the the show's going on and on. And then Scott Kaplan finally says, hey, Billy Ray, we got some character on hold named Antarctic Mike. And Billy Ray goes, that's the guy I met at the sports bar two days ago. Put him on. Now I'm on, right? And so, and this was at about 745 on a Monday morning, which I didn't know is like the ultimate most coveted spot on Monday morning radio because that's like the peak of you know the audience time. And so we're on for about 15 minutes, which I guess apparently at that time of the day is a very long interview. It's a lot of time. So, you know, they're asking me questions about all this stuff. And you know, I hang up and then I went, All right, well, I guess I'm going now. I mean, you know, when you commit to however many people are listening to a radio program, I mean, this thing gets piped into Orange County and L.A. And I'm thinking to myself, well, now I got about 10 million people that are going to (laughs) hold me accountable. So I guess there's there's I guess I'm going now. Right. So that was kind of how the whole fascination with Antarctica and how the nickname came into play. Yeah, I I, I absolutely. I absolutely love this. But um, it's such a cartoon. (laughs) But I
2: no, but. (laughs) <laughs> I would, I you know, I'd encourage the listeners go check out Antarctic Mike and, and go to his YouTube and, and learn all about him because you talk about resiliency a lot, Mike. And can you just walk the listeners through because you know sales professionals out there, I'm a firm believer, believer they do the things that sales reps find excuses not to do. And well, so your true. training, your training regimen, regimen, and how you went about doing all this is fascinating. You just got to unpack this a little bit for our listeners because Hey, it's crazy, but it's dedication like none other.
0: Okay. How does a guy from San Diego, California prepare for Antarctica? I mean, after all, Angela, my wife, she's not going to relocate to Canada or Siberia or anything like that. Right. <laughs> so how in the world am I going to pull this off? Well. I got to find a freezer. So what happened was <laughs> after I got off of that interview on that radio show, I hung up and then I went, what now? How am I going to get ready? I literally pulled out the yellow page phone book. They used to make this big thick <laughs> book full of phone numbers. I know some of the listeners are like, what the heck is he talking about? Right? So I pulled the yellow page phone book out and I look under the word ice Like, I have no idea even what heading to look up. So I look up the word ICE and I see all these phone numbers. I don't even know what these people sell. And I just started calling every phone number listed under the word ICE in the 2005 Yellow Page phone book. So, you know, the call sounded like this. Hi, my name is Antarctic Mike. Um, I'm going to run this marathon in Antarctica. And uh, I'm not kidding. This is not a prank call. And I really want to train in your freezer. I'm following in the footsteps of a guy named Shackleton. And I want to train in your freezer. I mean, I could see the faces of the people on the other end. I mean, can you see those faces? Like, man, we got a live one here. Like, you know what is, I mean, and, and, and then, you know, of course, nobody took me seriously until I found one lady. Her name was Jennifer. I call this place called Miramar Cold Storage. Again, I don't know what a cold storage facility is you know, from a Toyota Corolla. So I get this lady on the phone, Jennifer, and I told her the whole story and she goes, ooh, that sounds like a really cool thing. And then she goes, we have to get permission from the manager. Okay, great. What's his name? Josh. All right, we'll put him on. He's in a meeting. Well, of course, Josh is in a meeting. So I leave a voicemail. Does Josh call me back? (laughs) Are you kidding? I leave him another voicemail and another voicemail. (laughs) Sound familiar, salespeople? All these voicemails and Josh isn't calling me back. So finally, I'm like, all right, now it's time to show up. So I literally put on all the Antarctic clothing. I have the big red jacket. I have the face mask. I have goggles. I I mean, I look like Kenny from South Park, right? It's, it's April of 2005. It's like 800 degrees on this day in San Diego. And I got all these clothes on. And I go down. I mean, I'm sweating through this. And... My coat is this bright fire engine red color and all the dye is running on my (laughs) skin and it's like bleeding into my skin. I'm having to like scrub my skin with a Brillo pad because I got red dye all over. I mean, it looks like somebody shot me. Right. So finally, I get down there and I knock on Josh's door. I mean, I have the face mask and everything. I knock on his door and the door opens and it's Josh. Hey, Josh, guess who? Yeah. You know, now, you know, I'm really serious. I really want to train in the freezer. And Josh is like, Oh, Hey, thanks for coming down. Let's give you a tour of the freezer. So we go and get a tour of the freezer. (laughs) And then I'm like, okay, well, we're ready to go. Right. He goes, no, no, no. We got to get permission from the owner. And I'm like, well, all right, well, we're here. Let's go down to his office. Oh no, you don't understand Mike. He's not here. He's hardly ever here. He lives in Pasadena. Now, for the listeners that don't know geographic areas of Southern California, I live in San Diego. This character lives in Pasadena, which is on the other side of L.A., which means in traffic, that's about a three-month drive. Larry, (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) And so he lives in Pasadena. He's never here. He's 80 years old. He's getting ready to retire. And he hardly speaks English because he's from the country of Hungary. I'm thinking, how am I going to get around this one? So I ended up leaving voicemails and emails for this case. His name is Tibor. And he's got this very heavy Eastern European accent. I mean, sounds like Boris Badenov from Rocky and Bullwinkle. And so <laughs> Tibor finally calls me back after about two weeks and he goes, hi, this is Tibor. I hear you want to run in the freezer. Yeah. He goes, you know, I used to own a business in Antarctica. I'm like, what'd you do down there? Sell cars or houses? Like what do you mean you had a business in there? He goes, I had an engineering company and we built the closed loop system for all the water and the diesel fuel at the largest research facility on the continent, McMurdo. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, it's about time we met each other. I knew we had something in common. So I said that to him and he kind of laughed. And then it was really funny because he gave me permission to train in the freezer, but there was a catch. He was concerned about the legal liability, like if something happened, right? He goes, hey, I'm a little bit concerned because what if you're in the freezer on a Sunday and my workers come in on Monday and you're on the floor blue as a popsicle? He goes, <laughs> he, he, he goes your wife is going to own my company. And I said, she doesn't want it. He says, no, 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 that's not good enough. <laughs> so he said, you have to get what he called like a hold a release and a hold harmless letter. I it was something that sounded legal and very expensive and something that I couldn't afford. And so I'm like, I don't have any money for this kind of nonsense. So here's how I got around that one. <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend trying this at home, but this is what I did. So I have a friend named David Lester, whom I've never met and I've never even spoken to. David Lester and I are both polar history fans because we met each other on eBay. I'm not kidding. And so I said to David, I, I, I said, I need your phone number because I, I need a big favor. So he sends me his phone number and I call this guy. Remember, I've never met him. I've never even spoken to him. I said, David, I need something that sounds legal that you can write for me that will get this guy off my back. Just, you know, write it on a Word doc and you don't need any letterhead. You don't have to sign it. We don't need a bar code. We don't need a number. We don't need a, a license number. We need nothing. He goes, Okay. So he sends me something that sounds kind of legal, and I just imported it and printed it, and I signed it, and I handed it to Tibor, and he goes, you're in. I mean, (laughs) that thing was probably about as legal as a stolen car with fake plates. I mean, (laughs) so that's how I ended up in the freezer. Now, the funny part of the freezer was, to answer your question, the freezer was only 59 feet long. Now, you would think the real value of the freezer would be to acclimate to the temperature. Now, the temperature inside the freezer was fairly cold. It was minus 22 degrees Fahrenheit, which, I mean, that's pretty cold. But that wasn't the hard part of the freezer. The hard part was the back and forth. 59 feet at a time, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And you're thinking to yourself, hey, I knew you were a looney tune, but, man, I didn't know you were that much of a looney tune. You were, didn't this drive you out of your mind? Well, it did until I had a flashback to 1976. Okay, I grew up in a city called Allentown, Pennsylvania. It's about an hour from Philadelphia. On a Thursday night hockey practice, one of my coaches named Ed said this to me. He pulled me aside one night and he said, Mike, let me tell you something. You're going to play the game the way you practice. If, If you make the practice harder, the game goes easier. He skates away. That was a 15 second encounter at best 15 of the most important seconds of my whole life. Because if you think about it, what Ed really taught me was to see difficulty differently. Mm. Look at difficulty as an ally, not as an enemy. Look at difficulty as something to run toward, not away from. Look at difficulty and setbacks as a chance to learn something. Look at difficulty in a different fashion. And that paradigm shift changed everything. And that built what I call the muscles of confidence, the most important muscle in the entire human body for anybody, athlete, salespeople, whoever you are. These muscles are the single most important muscle in the body of every salespeople watching or listening to this broadcast. Because these are the muscles that are going to really determine, can you keep going and keep moving forward no matter what? And sometimes it's legitimately hard to do. There's no question about it, but it all comes down to preparation. So my question is, how are you preparing the most important muscle in your body? Because most people don't do anything intentional to condition these muscles. But I spent two years in that freezer. I mean, like a frozen hamster, just. And I will tell you, it changed. It changed my whole life. It changed me as a working professional. It changed my personal life. It impacted my marriage. I mean, it changed everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. Changed my whole world just by doing this for two years.
2: Oh, Oh,
1: what a story.
0: I
2: I love this. I I know we're, I know we're butting up (laughs) against the time. We just got to, we just got to go a couple extra (laughs) on this one because you, you you brought up, by the way, thank you for sharing the story. I mean, Mm -hmm. just all our listeners, we were saying before we started to record this, we could probably go days talking <laughs> to Antarctic, Mike. But what, what? Just as we bring this to a close, what would be the top three things that you learned in those two years? Just going back and forth, back mm-hmm. and forth. Where you were? I mean, obviously, you created the, you know, the mindset. To do I would this. say what would be the top
0: the, three? The top three. Okay, number one. Um, I would say you learn to become comfortable being uncomfortable. That's number one. Yeah, after a while, things just hurt. Mentally, you're exhausted, you're bored, you're tired, but you learn to become comfortable being uncomfortable. I mean, number two, you strengthen the muscles of confidence and self-discipline. Those are the two muscles that I pictured inside my head, confidence and self-discipline. And I think number three, you change your paradigm and you see difficulties and setbacks as opportunities not as obstacles and things that are negative so i'd say those are the top three that i learned in the two years in the freezer hey daryl you're on mute oh there we go i know we got him Oh what an incredible
1: inspirational like I, I Mike, I'm just i Larry said we're gonna want to run through a brick wall. I wanna run through a freezer door. This is like, hey, fact, I, I'm I, sure there were a few times he wanted well, to run through the freezer Daryl, door, but you I'm gonna tell it out. you because
2: I, I know I you know, Mike and I are kindred Southern California spirits. So, to me, when it gets anything below 65 degrees Fahrenheit, <laughs> I freeze already.
1: So, God bless you, man, because I don't know if I could pull this one off. Yeah, Mike, you, you're awesome. And uh, I, just, I just want to say a sincere thank you to, to, to you on behalf of the Southern from the Art community. What an, what an inspiration. <laughs> How can folks
0: learn more? Just Google me, go to <laughs> AntarcticMike.com, go to YouTube. <laughs> Backslash Antarctic Mike. I'm easy to find. You're not going to confuse awesome. me with very many other people.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh you're you're amazing. Mike, thank you for sharing your stories with us today. And uh you're you're yeah. a true selling from the heart champion. Uh it's just such an honor to hang out with you.
0: Yeah, thank thanks. You. It's been an honor to bring the stories to you and to your audience. Love it, love it, love it.
1: Well, Larry, oh. you said we we're gonna run through a brick wall. I think <laughs> I want to run through an ice wall. That was uh that was incredible. So many uh, lessons in that conversation. I, I think you know, the just the last part of the the whole
2: podcast was amazing, Daryl. I think the top three things that that Mike learned in that freezer applies to sales people uh-huh. so much is you know, we have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable things.
1: And and it's difficult for a lot of people. It really is. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that that Mike said that I thought was, was just a really good framing of that was those two muscles, right? It is in those moments of discomfort, in those moments of adversity, in those challenging times. And we know in sales, there are many, many of those opportunities in any given day. Um, developing the resilience, the confidence, um, developing the belief, all of that, as we were talking about last episode, the belief side of it, looking at adversity as an opportunity to grow is, uh, to me, uh, such a practical way to look at that and reframe the things where you go, oh, this is so hard. Yep. It is hard. And that's a good thing, right? It's the hard you know, you, it's like embrace the suck, right? Get get comfortable being uncomfortable. So so encouraging, Mike. You're you're awesome, and uh, this this has been such a great episode today. I, I'm gonna go back and listen
2: to it again and again and again, just because
1: I just enjoy the stories. <laughs> it was so much fun. Well, thank you to everybody in the Selling from the Heart community. Uh, we are together leading a revolution of authenticity inside the sales profession. It's happening. You're not alone. If you want to hang out with some like-hearted people, come join us, sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders, and uh, give the insiders group a try. You can get a free pass to come to one of our upcoming up close and personal, so you're not going to re- regret it. It's going to be a great way to end the year and kick off a new year. So once again, happy holidays to everybody. If you're listening to this in the new year, if you hit pause on the podcast during, during the holiday season, happy new year to you. All of it, we're going to have a great time. It's been, a, Larry, it's been a, such a fantastic year uh, with everyone in Selling from the Heart, and I'm looking forward to a great year ahead. Me too. It's been a year of growth. It's been a year of great growth, Daryl. That's right. And so in all of that, um we just want to challenge you keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, get comfortable being uncomfortable, and most of all, sell from the heart.
2: Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the Salescast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.